Well, you only live once, maybe not. And this life right now might be all we've got. So let's contemplate the hereafter while we speculate with some laughter about this grim thing that happens to us all after that final curtain call. But before you take that final breath, let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and I've been thinking a lot lately about the possibility of a multiple, multiple universe, a multiverse. Um, maybe it's because I'm seeing movies that are coming out with that kind of stuff. But um, no, it's honestly, it's something I think about from time to time. I, uh, you know, I sit there and I and and I think back on different decisions I've made throughout my life, and I go, you know, somewhere there's that person who decided to take that chance, and somewhere there's that person who, you know, got down this path for a type of career. You know, somewhere there's there's a computer programmer, me, and maybe I'm happy, or maybe I'm not. But I know now I would couldn't even imagine doing that. But at one time that was my goal, you know. So, and I think that every little decision you make spawns off another one of those possibilities and and I know it's hard for our brain to grasp that but it's at you know Schrodinger box it's like every decision do I do it do I don't spawns off another possibility it's it's both and so how many decisions do you make in a lifetime and how many decisions does every life take in a lifetime and how many decisions do all the people that have ever existed so that's why it's like the concept of that is just mind-boggling so I don't know why I even brought that up. I've been thinking about it a lot, though. And so I thought it would be an interesting topic for me to talk one-sided about. Because, you know, you can't really put any input in. So I could sit there and say that I absolutely agree that that exists. And you have nothing yet you can say about it. See? That's what's fun about this. No. But I'm I'm, I'm being a dick. So, I just, um, yeah, I had some coffee. I'm a little hopped up right now. I'm going to go get more coffee. That's what's going to be awesome. Maybe it might, uh, I don't know, split into another dimension by doing that, you know. But I, I do, I do, though, seriously believe that all those close calls, that those are things that you missed by just a, a previous decision on another timeline. You know, in other words, that time you almost walked off the curb and almost got hit by a car. There might be a version of you that that happened because you didn't stop to check your voicemail or something or whatever it happened to be that delayed you. You know, it's it's. uh, But again, it comes back to that whole concept of. um, uh, What what was it was a video? I, I saw this this concept of superposition, how the mere fact that we exist means that we are from the future. I think it's a fascinating a uh, fascinating concept. Not from the future in the standpoint of we're from the year 3016 or something, but the fact that we are the we are the version of us <clears throat> that is meant to be. Uh, the Schrodinger cat, go back to that. And for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's basically, my understanding of it is, there's a cat in a box with some poison. And until you open the box to find out if the poison gas had killed the cat, why it's got to be a cat, I don't know. I love cats. But until you open the box and find out what the determination is, that cat is, for the time being, both alive and dead. It's kind of a pretty heavy concept. 
you know, if you think about it, it's like until you actually see, it's in both states of existence. So how many different times in your life have you had Schrodinger type of uh, moments where, oh, I'm getting a phone call and it's either good or bad. At that moment, it's both. Just kind of, you know, pretty interesting mind fuck. So anyway, I'll leave you with that on, on the intro part here. My uh, guest today, <clears throat> I got real bad coughs this morning. It's not COVID. It's it's a typical thing. I've got congestion that I deal with. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait until this clears up. I'm just going to go ahead and record my intro because, damn it, I want to record it. So you can hear me clearing my throat. I do it all the time through this podcast anyway. You know, it's very laid back. But uh, yeah, my, my guest is Dr. Mariah Mosley, and she is a naturopathic doctor. And I asked her what that is, and, and the, the description she gave to me was awesome. It's helping the body heal itself. You know, and there's more to it than that. But when you think about it, it's like, no shit. The body is designed to do that. If you scratch, you know, put a, get a scratch on your leg, your body is going to fix it. If you give it the right nutrients and the right everything it needs, it's going to do its best to solve the problem. The big problem is, is most of us eat like garbage. At least I do. You know, I eat like crap. That's why my health is bad. I, I reversed my health to some degree just simply through diet through eating the proper things. We have stuff that is legally sold in this country that is banned in other countries. You know, you look at the ingredients and it's like stuff that they make radiator fluid out of and shit like that. You know, it's just like, what the fuck? So, you know, and when, when people say, oh, I can't get better, it's like, no, if through proper diet, I believe that you can, you can cure a lot of things. You can't cure everything. Of course not. But you can cure a lot. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that a doctor like this will help you help your body. You know, it's just, it's another approach to medicine that I really think makes a lot of sense. And like I've said time and time again, we really don't know what the hell's going on with any of this. That's why it's called practicing medicine. You know, we're still trying to get the hang of it. I think at some point when we're all dead, we're going to find out, oh, it was something as simple as just, you know, eat more, who knows brand flakes so this is my conversation with dr mariah mosley and enjoy yeah so um i guess if uh, if you could give you know i know a little bit about you but maybe yeah. just be able to give the listeners uh, yeah uh, yeah absolutely. background there Okay. Um, so you want me to go right now? Yeah, if you want. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Either way. I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I wasn't sure if you um, hit record or yeah, not. No, <laughs> sorry. I did. I did. So, but you know what? This, this is fun. This is the kind of stuff. No, I just want, I wanted to embarrass you a little bit there. I can start oh, over great. if you want. Yeah, like last time. <laughs> so I am um, a naturopathic physician. So what that is, is um, we are doctors that do the same four years of medical school, four years of undergraduate, um, except we have a couple different tools in our toolbox. So while we can use pharmaceuticals to treat, you know, um, any kind of disease, um, we also have a lot of other things. So we have herbs, we have nutrition, we have lifestyle changes, we have homeopathy, we have acupuncture, we have oriental medicine, hydrotherapy. So we have like a bunch of other things that we can use more naturally um, to heal the body. Nice. So 
Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I think that the biggest difference between naturopathic medicine and allopathic medicine is that we are looking more for the root cause of um, like the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So for example, like um, when you like cut your arm, your body heals itself. You don't have to like, okay, got to sew myself up again. Your body just heals itself. So that's kind of the whole premise of naturopathic medicine. And when our body's not healing itself and when there's something like symptoms going on, rashes, anxiety, depression, any of that, it's our body's just symptoms of telling us something's wrong underneath. And so what we do is we actually are figuring out what's going on underneath. What is kind of, what is the root cause of our body showing us these symptoms um, fix that and then the symptoms go away. So it's pretty cool. It's just yeah. a completely different um, paradigm kind of shift versus, you know, suppression versus like figuring out what our body's trying to tell us. So it's a, it's a very different way of approaching medicine, but it's, it's really fun. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> different. So I like it a lot. <laughs> no, I'm sure, well, and, and I'm sure the challenge has got to be incredible, but it's uh, uh, from a good way, you know, from a good point where oh, you, yeah. you probably feel a a, a huge sense of accomplishment when you're able to figure it out and ha and and help the body do what it's meant to try and do. Yes, it, yeah. it is. It is like an. I feel like an investigator, <laughs> and since every single person is um, different, it's really cool. Um, because, like for example, I'm just gonna um, you know give an example like anxiety and depression, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what's so cool is that you know let's say 15 people can show up with anxiety, but every single reason or reason for their anxiety is totally different, right? So some people, it may be trauma. Other people, it could be, you know, neurotransmitter deficiency. Um, other people, it can be like an environmental toxicity, like mold can cause anxiety. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then another thing can be like a nutrient deficiency, um, like vitamin D, selenium, things like that. Um, that can actually cause anxiety. Let's see what else. Um, yeah, a whole host of things can actually cause anxiety. So we don't necessarily, okay, well, here's your Zoloft. We're yeah, like, okay, yeah. well, what, what's actually going on underneath? And so it's, it's really cool. That's what um, I like to kind of um, do because it is, it's every single person's different. So it's like, I feel like a little private eye <laughs> every time. <laughs> you know, and I, and I never really thought about that because you always hear, you know, because because traditional medicine is always like, okay, well, there's these symptoms and these symptoms are could be this, but that's one thing that I've always wondered about is it's like mm -hmm. there are so many symptoms that cross paths with so many other conditions. You know, you absolutely, can have, yeah, and so it's it's and and again, if it's all based on the individual on how they uh, uh, are wired, so to speak, um, or more mm -hmm. importantly, or more significantly, I should say, what is the root cause is different for everybody. Yeah. I, I would have never figured that mold no. could cause anxiety. I had no idea. So yeah. how many other people are suffering from conditions that on the surface could say, well, it's this, but then you mm -hmm. find out it's actually some other, God, that is, that's gotta be that's got to be fun and challenging and, 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 and difficult. And yeah, it just, it, but it does sound it, rewarding as hell. It is. Yeah. And you know, even like, um, GI issues can cause anxiety. Like I had a patient with, um, like bacterial overgrowth in her small intestines and that actually caused restless leg syndrome and anxiety. And so once we fixed her gut, 
we were actually able to resolve her anxiety. So it's just like the weirdest stuff you just, you know, you get to see every day and you kind of get to look at the whole, whole person and look at, you know, the mental, physical, spiritual aspects of them to kind of really understand what's going on. So it's not just like a, you know, a 10 minutes in and out. We usually take a little bit more time. And so we get to like really go deeper and figure out like what's really going on. So it's super fun. I love it. I really do. Very blessed. <laughs> That's that is awesome. That uh yeah, I, I not to get on a personal level, but you're like saying uh-huh. stuff where it's like, Well, I got that and I got that. It's like, hmm. Yep. You're not gonna yeah. practice in Denver by chance, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do know a lot of people that are practicing in Denver. They, I may have it's to. A, it's a, yeah, it might be a good idea to look into it. because it totally, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting. And usually I see people um, that come to me and they're like, okay, like I've been to so many doctors, nobody else can figure it out. Like, please help me kind of thing. Because yeah. it, it's not necessarily the first thing that people think of. Um, I mean, I'm from the Midwest and we had never even heard of a naturopathic doctor. So I feel like I'm um, out in the West coast. I'm in Arizona. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, out here people are like, Oh yeah, I've been to one since I was a kid. Like my parents took me to one. And so like, it's a lot more normalized here, but in the Midwest and a lot of other areas in the country, they've never even heard of um, naturopathic medicine before. So it's, um, it's pretty cool um, that, you know, we get to see people and give them some hope after they've, you know, spent years and years and years with chronic fatigue and pains and everything like that. And we're like, okay, well, Let's figure it out. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I'm from the Midwest originally too. And so, oh, yeah, this okay. is something that I didn't ever really – I saw I, – I've heard of, of doctors who practice using more natural types of uh, uh, um, cures but not to the uh-huh. extent of this. Is there like a, is there like a, a type of doctor that's kind of a mid-grade between – I don't even remember what you what you referred to, the, the other type of doctor um, – I don't even know the term. It started with an A. That's all I remember. Oh, allopathic. So allopathic. that's just your regular like MD. MD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then yep. it was like I saw one uh, I, and I learned that now today. I never knew that term. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, I only saw one uh, physician practicing where they in their description, they said more of a natural type of uh-huh. uh, healing, but it didn't say naturopathic there was like another yeah. uh, uh like osteopathic it, or something like that yep yep doctor of osteopathy is do so um interestingly enough if you want to go through the science of medicine yeah. so it used to be um that indies were like really really um populating the whole united states um there's a lot of us um but then unfortunately like farm big pharma came in mm. and they shut down a lot of the schools um and then they kind of brought mds up right And so MDs and DOs, they are about the same now. Nobody really knows the difference between a DO and MD. They're kind of, you know, there's both of them are surgeons. Both of them are primary care. They're pretty much on the same level. But that has not been always the case. Even I think it was 10 or 20 years ago, the DOs were kind of like more lower level. Like the MDs were like high and they were kind of like looked up and esteemed. And the DOs were kind of like, oh, they're not like, you know, like true doctors. But it's interesting Yeah. And because they had more of a full body approach, they actually practiced, you know, um, like kind of not chiropractic medicine, Mm -hmm. but more like manipulation. Um, And so it was really interesting because now they're actually like more on the same level. 
Um, and so, yeah, that, that's been more like a recent development, but yes, that is exactly what you're talking about, how they have more of a natural approach. I don't necessarily know how natural of an approach they have because their training is pretty similar to MDs, um, but they do have more of like the manual therapies. Exactly. Incorporated. That's, and that's, uh, uh, my, my, my nephew, I think that's the type of uh, doctor he became is more like that's that. awesome. Yeah. Yep. That, but, <laughs> Good for him. Well, and, but I, I like the the concept of the the naturopathic though where you do more of a investigation you're 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 finding the cause you're if mm-hmm. we if you were looking at it as an investigator you're finding the killer before you find the victims exactly or you're at least yes. finding the killer as opposed to just you know cleaning up the victims <laughs> you know, <so>. yeah <laughs> and it's really interesting because you know like we get to help people um so that it doesn't progress worse yes, right so for awesome. example yeah and so for example like rashes like on the um skin mm-hmm. we often see that you know when somebody comes in and they have like a really bad case of um like eczema atopic dermatitis usually what happens is people um or like the mds will just prescribe like a steroid cream which just suppresses it right yeah so when you so su- the problem with that is when you suppress symptoms it actually can drive it deeper so that you actually may become even more sick later on so because you're kind of suppressing your symptoms and your body's like okay well you didn't listen when i gave you rashes well let's do give you something else so you listen to me right yeah i never thought and, that yeah yeah and so this is more like you know old school naturopathy is like thinking um in this kind of like aspect is you know recognizing that when your body's you know yelling at you you got to listen because if not it's just going to change its course and it's going to drive it deeper yeah so it's pretty cool because we're able to kind of you know get people their health back um and you know get them on a different track so they're healthier later on so uh, well, do, it's rewarding. Uh, no, it sounds absolutely because you're, yeah, you're, you're causing, you're stopping it then manifesting as an ulcer or who knows what. Um, exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That. So let me ask you this. Do traditional health insurance companies work with uh, the naturopathic or do they still kind of go, well, you're not throwing medicine and everything. So we don't know about you guys. Yeah. So it depends on the state. So Ah, for example, like Alaska, Washington, Oregon, a couple more states, they're covered by insurance. Um, and all that's, you know, nice and dandy. Mm -hmm. Um, Arizona, the labs are usually covered by insurance. Um, the visits are not, um, but you know, it's nice because when insurance doesn't cover you, you can, you know, do a little bit more, like, for example, if you want to spend, you know, 15 more minutes on a patient or, you know, think about like running other labs that you just are, you know, like, well, maybe this could be the thing. It's, it's, it feels a lot more free yeah. to not have like insurance hanging over your back. To limit um, you. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because we know the whole current medical system right now we have is just kind of, you know, bass, back ass words, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's kind of, um, you know, it's a catch-22 on some of these things. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, if if I was somebody who was suffering – well, I've got long-term things that I've been dealing with, you know, and I, and I tell mm-hmm. people, I'm like, I got a laundry list of crap wrong with me. And it would be interesting to find out that it's like, oh, it's just this. And my body yeah. has just been – bringing this little thing out and this little thing out and this little thing out. And, and, you know, most of the time I've got doctors that will just, like you said, throw steroid cream at it or put me on a Mm -hmm. medication. That's not really helping. You know, I'm still Mm -hmm. having the thing happen, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, not to get on to my own personal stuff, but it would be nice. I would, I would totally, you know, be like, okay, it's, it's, it's how much, but the problem is solved. That's by, you're buying peace of mind. 
You're buying yeah. life. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you want to put the effort and the money in now, or do you want to put in, you know, 10 times the amount of money later on when, totally. you know, it, the hospital bills and things kind of line up. Yeah. It, so I think that it's people kind of recognize that. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. No, yep. that makes total sense. Exactly. Maintenance on a car. I really like that analogy. <laughs> That's wonderful. I, so true. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, uh, I guess, um, you know, I, that's, I, I've never, I wish I had heard about this kind of, hell, we would have moved to Arizona if I'd have known that this was more of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so. Uh, you don't want to move here now. It's 105, yeah. I think, 100 well, and maybe. Not only that, yeah. you've got such a, a COVID spike going on right now too. So. Um, yeah. All that. Um, and that's, you know, that's another thing is, is, is with all the, the, how do you, how do you deal with that when there's such. You know the social distancing and everything. Oh, yeah. uh, you almost can't really get in there and, and and quote investigate as much because you can't get really on, you know, on top of the patient, so to speak. Yeah. You know, as you could before. Yeah. So, um, how has that impacted your your whole uh, practice in that? Well, I mean, when people come in, um, we're still able to, you know, use masks and still do physical exams. But what I've actually seen, and so, you know, our practice has had multiple cases of um, the COVID. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thankfully, naturopathic medicine works really well. Most of the colleagues that I have, as well as people who practice like me and use in like vitamin C IVs and things like that, um, they have really good results overall. Nice, nice. Yeah. And so, um, I have actually seen kind of the other, and I work as a primary care doctor here Uh in Arizona. So, um, you know, I just get to kind of see everybody, but what I really noticed with this whole COVID thing is that people's health are turning for like really not good anxiety and depression. I have seen it with so many patients, um, because of just the anxiety and the loneliness of being at home alone. It is, it's really disheartening. I mean, I had a patient that she, um, came in to me, I don't know, maybe like a year ago and she had a whole laundry list of things like severely depressed, like suicidal, just really bad, like intrusive thoughts that were just not, um, healthy Mm -hmm. anyway. So, and very bad anxiety. So she was doing so great. We got her on a complete path. All of her, um, you know, intrusive thoughts went away totally fine zero anxiety zero depression and she was doing wonderful and then as soon as the covid spike happened she comes to me and things are coming right back and so i'm like ah and so i see that and i saw another one of my patients she never even had anxiety before in her life and then she started having panic attacks and so like i see that the you know mental health aspect and that's just two cases um but i see that it's just coming really hard with the shutdown. And we know that unemployment has been shown oh, to, you God, know, have increased, yeah. oh my gosh, increased suicide. And this is not like a, oh, well, maybe it's going to happen. Like this is thoroughly documented studies that show that unemployment and like heart disease and sickness and poor immune function and suicidality, like these are all extremely correlated. And so it's really interesting because, you know, I see more of that side um, and that's the side I worry actually more about. Um, and then another one of my patients is, you know, the hard thing about all of this going on is the shutdown for, you know, three, four months. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we actually had a lot of patients that should have been going in to get like imaging. Um, like I was worried about one of my patients having ovarian cancer, Mm -hmm. um, or uterine cancer because she was having unexplained bleeding and she was way after menopause. So anyway, I was really nervous about it. And so we know that cancers can spread pretty quick, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so she had to wait five months. They kept pushing her back five months before she could even get in to go get the imaging. And we know because everything was closed down and the imaging wasn't like, yeah, because of the shutdown. And so, and then another one of my patients, he is um, an elderly gentleman and he had we think probably a mild heart attack and he had all the symptoms for a heart attack, but he did not go into the hospital because he knew that if he went into the hospital, he would have to be separated from his wife and quarantined because that's what they're doing. And so it's like, so he just didn't go to the hospital. And then like a couple days later, he like told um, me and his other doctor about it. And we're like, oh my gosh. And so we get like imaging and, you know, like thankfully, you know, it didn't show that his heart was affected. Mm -hmm. There was no like parts of like, you know, any issues, but it's just, that is kind of really what I'm seeing. Um, Yes. I mean, I'm not ever going to deny that this virus is killing people. Mm -hmm. We do know that there is a virus, obviously. Um, We know that now we know that the mortality rate is severely um, lower than what we once thought, Mm -hmm. but me seeing kind of, you know, the other side of, you know, all the stress of the shutdown and unemployment and losing their jobs, like that's, that long-term kind of effects is what I'm also very concerned about. So it's a, it's a That makes total sense. I mean, well, and let's be honest. I mean, you know that having anxiety or stress will impact the immune system. And so that right there is going to make uh, people. Maybe did you mute accidentally? Did did I? You still there? Oh, now I can hear you. Sorry. No, I got crappy cell service. So yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. That's no, that's on my end. It's it's uh, it's hit or miss. I swear, I I I could like move six inches, and all of a sudden, I lose my signal altogether. If it happens, I'll just call you right back. We'll just pick up. Okay, perfect. But uh, I'll leave this in here because it's fun. It's it's life now. But uh, (laughs) anyway, um, uh, yeah. So the you know the thing is is with with uh, uh, stress and anxiety. That mm-hmm. can impact the immune system, uh, is, you know, from what I've been told. And I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And so that right there is causing – it's almost a – it's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, so to speak, in it the is. sense that you're going to be more susceptible because you're worrying about it. Yep. And that is not like a, oh, well, like stress, you know, reduce or um, suppresses the immune system. That is scientific fact. So they actually were able to, um, you know, look at the blood um, and see. So, for example, we have these things in our blood called white blood cells, mm-hmm. and these are our immune fighting cells. And so they go after bacteria and viruses, et cetera, um, and, you know, attack them. So one of the specific markers that they saw that after um, a stressful or fearful um, event, that lymphocytes would actually be suppressed. Lymphocytes are our viral fighting in, um, cells. So 
when we were exposed, they saw in our blood that our viral fighting cells would go down after, you know, fear and stress. We know that, like we know that our immune system will be suppressed after long-term periods of stress, after fear. Um, like this is all, and even just like the chronic illness aspect of stress, like correlating to fear or correlating to like chronic illness and heart disease, like this is all, you know, so heavily studied and scientifically backed. It, it's unbelievable. And so, yeah, the, the fear and stress aspect of this is, um, very, very damaging to the body. Definitely. Yeah. That's well. And, and then when you, when you're talking about, you know, the being kept in, uh, uh, cooped mm-hmm. up and, and I'll be honest, it, it hasn't really impacted my, my wife or I, uh, or my uh-huh. son even because we've all, we've kind of been homebodies anyway, you know? So yeah. it's like, we, we go out, we get takeout every once in a while. We go grocery shopping. And then other than that, we stay home. The only real big difference is, is we don't see movies anymore and we don't uh, yep. eat out anymore. We just eat home, mm-hmm. you know, eat home. Yeah. But uh, there are people, though, that it's, you know, their whole lives are being social. I've got a, exactly. a you know, friend who moved out here about six months beforehand and the type of person who, uh, you know, can make friends very easily kind of, you know, kind of guy. And, uh, uh, and now he's cooped up in a little tiny apartment and it's impacting him mentally and everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, oh, I can yeah. see. And it's, and it's probably going to impact his health because he suffers from anxiety already. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's really one of those things where, but it's such a touchy subject too, because you don't want to oh, say, is. you know, everybody get out because as we've seen, they start opening up and then all of a sudden everything starts shutting down because they're seeing a rise in cases. And of course, part of that is the fact that they're testing more, you know, that's yeah. going to happen. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. but it's also the fact that more people are just not, you know, using the basic hygiene of washing their hands and everything because people don't, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's, uh, true. it's gross. It's so gross. Yes. I, mean, I can't tell you how many times I'll be in the men's restroom at work, you know, before all this, and you'll hear yeah. someone who's been in a stall and uh, oh, no. and then they just leave. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I would hear it all the time. Uh. Yeah. So it's like, I know that, that that's a large reason is because people just don't, you know, they don't wash their yeah. hands or, or, you know, riding the bus. I, I would ride the bus downtown. And, uh-huh. and even before all this, I was afraid to just even touch the handles, you know, because uh, yuck. So yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, well, thankfully you were aware beforehand. Yeah. Right. The, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is really a matter of time though. I mean, we're all going to eventually get exposed to it because it's mm-hmm. one of those, just like, just like any other, uh, you know, type of, of infection, if you will, uh, yep. you know, the flu, it's just some people yep. are susceptible to it. Some people aren't. And, and of course, in this case, yeah. that's, that is the danger is, I mean, for all I know, I've already had it. Yeah. I mean, that I we already know that people were having, you know, suspected cases. I had a couple patients that back in, you know, November, um, I think October, November, they had all the symptoms. And it was kind of like, well, it was unrem- like I was trying so many different therapies. And I was like, this is just not like it was just staying around and hanging around for like a good three, four weeks. And I'm like, what in the heck? This is not a normal cold. And I look back now and I'm like, well, duh, <laughs> because like that's kind of, you know, why it hung around for 
so long. But, you know, they have studies now that say, I think it was back in either March or May 2019, that they found it in like the water supply. I think it was like in Spain or somewhere like that. So we know that this has been around. And the thing is, is, you know, or coronaviruses in general, it's about 30% of the common cold is a coronavirus strain. Yeah, yeah. So, so we know that this is something that is going to be, you know, exposed. Everybody's going to be exposed. It's just really a matter of when and if you'll even have any symptoms from it. So that's well, kind of, you know, why we need to be, you know, kind of trying to um, do the best we can with obviously the hygiene and then, you know, not stressing out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's well. And I've 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 actually said from the beginning of this thing um, that uh, it's not the virus that scares me. It's the people. Yeah. You know, because people get crazy. I mean, look at look at what happens yeah. when, uh, you know, well, you don't get those in Arizona, but, you know, well, you're from the Midwest. So when, you know, you get uh-huh. a big snowstorm come through and all of a sudden yeah. all the cupboard or not the cupboards, but all the shelves and everything. Oh, cleared yes. out, you know, and that was just for a snowstorm for a weekend. And then when this happened, hell, I went to Target uh, shortly after, you know, they started doing the lockdowns and you could hardly find anything on the shelves. Oh, it was crazy. I was like, I was kind of, it was kind of nervous. It was kind of like a, like, I don't know what country I'm trying to think of a good country that kind of had like good food shortage or bad food shortages. Um, because that's what I felt like you go in and then it literally causes you anxiety because you're like, there's no water on the shelves. There's no more meat. There's no toilet paper. Like it gives you a lot of anxiety because people were, you know, doing that. And I think that another thing that's really interesting right now that I don't think I've seen is just the like division between like these two huge sides and just the shame, Uh, the shame on like that both sides are like putting towards the other. And it's like, we are, we are never going to get through this as like a united humanity. If we are keeping, you know, because the truth is, is the truth lies somewhere in the middle, right? It's not like, exactly. And so when people, I hang out in the middle, I don't, I don't, because I I can see fault on both sides of, of exactly most political issues, and this shouldn't be a political issue. But let's be honest. Amen. It is. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's I in like oh, and so I don't necessarily have like a political affiliation. I'm one of those people that you know I've never actually voted because I just have never really found somebody that I'm like yeah That's... I'm gonna put my <laughs> vote behind this person. <clears throat> nope. Well, <laughs> so, I have voted, and but it's uh-huh. my, my problem is is that it's. It's South Park said it perfectly a few years. Uh, uh-huh. it was a, I don't know, probably twelve years ago or so. And it's like you know, it, it was <laughs> the two the two candidates were a a douche and a yes. turd sandwich. <laughs> yes, I watched that episode. How true! Yeah, yeah. it's like I and mean, it makes zero sense to me. You know, like now it's like really these are the these are the people that we have yeah like these are our options <laughs> like oh my goodness oh but i digress on that aspect yeah, yeah. The, thing, <laughs> the thing is though it like i think what has made me so just um frustrated about this whole thing is like medicine should not be political science no, God, should not no. be political and like it's it because the thing is is like the reason i like my medicine too is like it's science it's facts it's like it's black and white and my like type a personality needs that more of like the you know like okay this is this this 
um, lab value shows this, you know, I like that. And that's what science is. And that's why I like it. But right now with like, what is going on is, you know, they told us that, um, you know, you can spread like right now, Arizona just shut back down because you can sh supposedly spread the virus at gyms that are half capacity, maybe only, you know, 10 or 20 people in this huge entire gym and every single machine we um, have to, you know, wipe down and the people are wiping it down every single thing. So anyway, they said that this is, you know, where supposedly the virus spreads, right? But when people were protesting in the hundreds, which I mean, I am all for peaceful protesting. Do Absolutely. not get me wrong. 100%. But they said that healthcare or healthcare um, researchers say that no um, spread of coronavirus was during these protests. Like there was a headline that said this. And I'm just like, scientifically, that doesn't make any sense. No. Like if you have hundreds of groups of people. And so that kind of, you know, that kind of mindset where it's like, just there's no middle ground of like what's true. It's either, it, yeah. So that's kind of like what I have been feeling frustrated about is just because the science, and I understand why people are confused. I understand why people are confused about the whole mask versus not mask debate is because, you know, scientists are saying two completely different things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You well, know? And, and, and so hearing, it's crazy. It, it is. And then we're hearing different things every few weeks because let's be honest, they yeah. really don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know yes it's it's we get a pacifier every couple days or so it's like well yeah. this is what it is and then they're like holy shit we were wrong nope uh yeah i've heard that you know the particles can stay in the air for upwards of eight minutes i've heard mm -hmm. well as long as you're standing next to somebody for less than 10 minutes you're fine you know it's just it's 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 not even just little modifications to the news it's extremes of both sides yeah and it's the same, exactly it's the same you know, sources saying this stuff and it's like, yep. Uh, you know, I, I don't yeah. know what to do. And that's why, again, it comes back to the, the, the virus. I mean, I'm going to get it or I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to be sick or I'm not, I can't worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it because the yeah. old me would have been terrified of this because the really? old me, oh God. Yeah. Because I would have been not terrified from the standpoint of, you know, uh, like, the symptoms and, and all that kind of stuff, but would have been a case of, of, okay, well, what if, cause I was the kind of person who had a, con a contingency plan for everything, you know, uh -huh. a possible you know outcome for everything. It's like, okay, well, if, if, if this happens, if I lose my job, I do blah, 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 blah. If I have this, I do yada, yada, yada. And it's like, what do you do if all of a sudden you're immobilized because you can't breathe? And then it's a case that, you know, and that, yeah. so the old, but now it's more of a case of, it's like, why I can't worry about it because it's it's either going to happen or it's not. It's one of the kind of like, well, death, you know, why? You, yeah, you, you can't worry about it because it's one of those things that's going to happen to everybody. And so it's you got to live the best you can in the meantime and be as smart as you can about it as much with as much knowledge as you have in the meantime, you know? Yeah. But uh, but in the same sense, it's like, don't be an asshole. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think that you really hit it on the head about, you know, like the, you know, the fear of death kind of thing. And like, you know, it's scary because people are, you know, seeing pictures of people being hospitalized and yeah. on a ventilator and it, it, that's terrifying. Course, so I understand yeah. why, you know, when we're being shown these pictures, why people would be scared. But I do think that in my opinion, 
Um, the, you know, the fear of death that's like wrapped around this mm -hmm. is really what's like underlying. And yeah. so, um, what actually, and you know, you might think I'm a little crazy, <laughs> but, um, this is kind of just, you know, how I grew up. And so I want to explain to you. So, um, I grew up in a Christian household mm -hmm. and, um, you know, me and my sister, we were kind of like more, um, my mom hated it, but we had always talked about, even since we were little that, you know, we were excited about heaven because, you know, we kind of believe that after you die, you will go to heaven with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And me and my sister are both, you know, very spiritual. And she has been very spiritual, like from a very young age. So like, for example, she would, um, we had a dog that was lost. Mm-hmm. And we were looking for hours and hours and hours. And my sister was like, okay, like we need to pray for it. And this was when she was like really young, like probably like around 10. Mm -hmm. So we prayed and she just like saw where the dog was. And it was um, like way, and my dog was um, blind, so she couldn't see. Oh, and wow. so when she okay. got like, when she got into places, like she would get like lost um, if she ever got out. But anyway, mm -hmm. so my sister just had this like vision of exactly where she was. And so that kind of stuff like happened like often when we were young. Wow. Um, it like just kind of, you know, so we never questioned about like, well, I questioned later on and I can tell you about that, but, <laughs> um, we never like really questioned about like, is there a heaven? So mm -hmm. we kind of like knew, and me and my sister would often talk about how like we were excited to go. And my mom was kind of like, didn't like that. Cause we would be talking about death. <laughs> we can't when wait we were to younger. die. <laughs> yes. And she was like, stop saying that because she's like, you know, her crazy little daughters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was just kind of, you know, the aspect that we were growing up in. And so like with um, the whole COVID thing, Mm -hmm. it's really, and this is kind of like, you know, just my family in general, but my grandpa, um, he is, you know, 76 years old. Mm -hmm. He drinks like a water Buffalo, um, not, you know, the healthiest, yeah. but he has really good genes and he has been in, like, he just, he's not going to die until he falls out of a, like a deer stand. Like that is how <laughs> he's going to die. He's not going to die from anything else. He has amazing blood work, even though he's like not healthy. Oh, he's wow. just, it's crazy. But anyway, um, so like, you know, he is not worried about this virus. Like I went and visited him a couple months ago and like my parents aren't because I think we have like a, it's, it's very different. We have like, well, we're going to die when we're going to die. Yeah. And like, that's kind of, it's just kind of like a, okay. And I think that like what kind of like helps us too, like through this whole, you know, fear of the coronavirus is like recognizing like you know, well, it's going to happen when it, it happens. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of like, I guess, I think why we, my family specifically, doesn't really have that, you know, big fear. But also, um, and me and my sister, you know, we have like a really strong faith, like I said, is, you know, in the Bible, it says that you can literally just like, um, in the name of Jesus, call off sickness. Right. And like, I've done that before. Uh -huh. And like, I really do believe that that's a possibility. And I know you probably think I'm a crazy whack job, well, but I, I just, I, I'll be honest. With you, I picture that. Uh, what's his name? The one, the one, uh, that, that he became a meme, um, where he's doing the blowing. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. So that's probably where you're thinking of me. Oh no. But, but, but honestly though, it, now here's the thing though, is that I, I am, I'm more spiritual. I grew up, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Catholic, you know, Irish Catholic yeah. kind of thing. And, uh, okay. um, and I, I'm more of a, uh, you know, universe and God, you know, God, yeah. universe, source, energy, all that kind of stuff is, is one of yep. the same, you know? Yep. Um, 
but I'm also more of the mindset, and this is within recent years. Um, I, I, I'm not, I haven't been practicing Catholicism since high school, basically, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I've always felt that there's a bigger source out there. I've always figured that there's mm-hmm. something, you know, from a, cause to me, science and faith can coexist. Yes. You know, where mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, no, it's either science, you're either Darwin or you're creation. It's like, well, couldn't God have started the Darwinism? You know? It's exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So, um, and, uh, uh, but it's like, it's one of those things where I sit there and I feel that, uh, um, you know, if, if you are part of that whole source energy, you part of the, mm-hmm. the creation, the whole mindset, the, the law of attraction, whatever kind of things you want to believe, I think they all kind yep. of tie into each other. And some people, some people have even argued that, you know, that Jesus was one of those highly enlightened people who had that ability. And he was saying, I'm the son of God. Absolutely. Because we all are. You know, mm-hmm. and he, but he was the one that kind of came down to be like, check this out. <laughs> you know, so and I kind of yeah. feel that way about about him, but also I feel that way about you know about Buddha and about uh, uh, some of the other you know the, the, the highly enlightened people. And it's like because I've heard mm-hmm. people argue that it's like, well, well, you know, Jesus is just a a, a, a copycat of you know all these other different religious you know th- mm-hmm. Greek religions and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's like okay, well maybe maybe this was another time that it happened so that people can kind of learn it at that time, you know, you're, it's, it's, I I don't know. It's one of those things where there's way more, there's way more to all of it than we all know. And I, you know, the, the, the concept of death is, and I've said this time and time again, the thing that is ironic about death is you only really get the answers when you die. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and, but again, I, I don't, I, in my heart, can say we're not done when we die. We go no. somewhere, you know? Yep. Um, and so, yeah, that's – now, I'm not excited for death like you are. That's weird. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> no, but I, I, <laughs> I'm uh, – uh, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely uh, not afraid of it. You know, yeah, and I, I think that's so important. And ha- and I have to ask too: um, Have you ever looked into like near death experiences? Yeah, like when oh, people yeah. die and they come. How fascinating that no matter what spirituality, religion, anything, people all around the world have the same experience. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's and well, and then of course, then there's the the scientific naysayers of, well, that's just the brain shutting down. And that's the, you know, you, the, the synopsis they're firing. And so you're seeing a bright light or the person on the operating mm-hmm. table, it's a, it's the light above them that they're actually seeing and, <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, I had somebody say something. One of my, one of my first guests said something that was, yeah that was so incredible because yeah, you hear about those near death experiences and they go when they see loved ones. Um, I've known people who, uh, you know, there's a, there's a concept of, um, of when you die called the void where it's between, mm-hmm. he- it's between here and heaven or whatever afterlife. Yep. I had a guest who was dead for, for over an hour, clinically dead. Wow. Yeah. And he said it was very, no way. totally. And, and, and I was like, so <laughs> even his description for his, for his, uh, uh, podcast was X corpse. But um, oh. um <laughs> it was uh, uh, so great. Yeah, I got a warped sense of humor. But um, anyway, the, uh, 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 the he described it as there were there were things there, and they were all mm-hmm. very angry. And he was like, "I want to." I said I was going to come back. I was going to. I have unfinished business, and so uh. and he came back. And it's like, but then I've 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 read into that, and they call that the void. 
where yeah. when you're there and then I'll, and then those little, you know, eventually if you're open to it, something will say, come on in. And then yeah. that would be the, you know, and some people, some people, this is what I think is the people who see that bright light right away are the mm-hmm. ones who are expecting that bright light, bright light. The mm. people who aren't expecting the bright light probably hang out in the void for a while mm. until something yeah. comes and guides them in and says, no, trust me, because there's been theories of, well, maybe they hang out in the void because they're afraid of judgment, you know? Mm. Um, but in the same sense, it's like, it's, it's one of those things that I, I personally, I don't believe in a hell, you know, uh-huh. I believe in, in, y- y- we come here for a lesson and we come here. I also kind of believe in the possibility of reincarnation. I know the Bible pretty much would mm-hmm. negate that altogether, but but it's again, it's I think it's open to what you are wanting, you know. And and I, there's a yeah, and there's a lot of like interesting stories that that kind of you know more you know propose that reincarnation is a thing. Yeah, like kids that kind of like you know stumble like kids in other villages that stumble across and know exactly who lives in each totally. um, like hut and things. So like. That is, you know, you there's some things that science can't explain. Exactly. And that, so I, you know, you have to be kind of open to everything. And then once you have like, you know, the evidence, then you can like create a belief, right? Totally, totally. And that's, well, and that's the one guest and I, I, I should, Jill is their name. I, I've brought it up so mm-hmm. many times, and, but she said the best, the best thing that I, that I'd ever heard in terms of, uh, uh, you know, explaining all why death is different for different people. And she's like, well, everybody's lives are different. Why should their deaths be the same? Oh. Right. And I was like, wow, that would really kind of blew my doors off. I'm like, that is so profound because yeah. So, and you know, and there's been scientific evidence that the brain has consciousness. I've heard upwards they're, they're, they're finding studies now that it, it diminishes, but upwards of close to an hour, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so maybe that's the whole transitional period. And maybe some people are being brought yeah. back while that's still going on. Like that friend of mine mm-hmm. who was dead for an hour. Um, you know, he might have been one of the lucky ones that they were able to bring back. I've ne- I'd never heard yeah. of anybody being, you know, dead longer than t- five minutes, you know, a couple minutes. Yeah. yeah but he was dead for clinically mm-hmm. over an hour. And uh, and it's just it's just crazy. I mean, his, his, apparently his son found him and he was like already like blue. You know, that kind of a thing. Wow, so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so uh, that's that's interesting how the, the conversation, I didn't even have to ask the question. The conversation kind of took a <laughs> turn into that. But that's great. That's what this yeah. is about, you know. Um, yeah. So let me ask you this. It's coming from a, uh, a physician standpoint, what is mm-hmm. your, you know, how do you how do you handle those big, uh, the big news of somebody who is, you know, uh, I'll be, I'm going to give you a quick story. I know I don't want to name names, yeah. but I know of somebody who worked with a physician and it, it was a woman that was his, uh, uh, one of his regular patients, you know, they'd known her for years and she ended up, uh, like downing a whole bottle of Tylenol and oh, wow. she came in alive still. And he was very upset with her because he's like, there's nothing we can do for you. You're going to die. And it's like, and and not being a jerk, but he's like, he was kind of mad at her because it's like, we were fixing your problems. We were solving your problems. We were getting it all situated. And then you decided to do this. And she came in and she was in tears, Mm. you know, rightfully so. But he's like, you know, you should have thought about that. And it's like, and I sit there and go, God, it's got to be difficult for somebody to say something knowing that they're, they're going to be dead in hours and there's not a damn thing they can do. And how do you give somebody that news? I mean, how... 
I think, yeah, I think that like it is hard. I, when I first had to tell my, my first patient that he had a type of, um, blood cancer that he probably would be, you know, gone in a couple months. Um, that was, I mean, I did not sleep afterwards. It was just so hard. Um, but I think a big part is like meeting the patient where they're at. So like with all of my patients, whether, cause I, I, you know, I do virtual consultations online, mm-hmm. but I also do it in person, but every single patient, I kind of, you know, get an idea of where their spirituality is at, where their religion is at, how they like feed their soul. Mm-hmm. Because when I ever have to give them hard news, then I kind of know how to, you know, kind of go at it, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, in, you know, because if somebody was, you know, not believing in life after death, I would approach it in a very different way, I think, than if, you know, I, my patient was like a Christian. Because, for example, like the very first patient that I had to tell um, he had the cancer was a very strong Christian. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I came in and like talked to him about this. Um, but the, you know, we ended up like praying together after like we talked about it and like, you know, crying together, but it was just, if I, obviously I wouldn't be, you know, praying and talking about, you know, Jesus and totally. like the afterlife and things if people were not on that same page. Right. Yeah. But I think that, you know, it, it's hard as a doctor, um, to give that news because we want to fix people, yeah. right? Oh, that's literally, yeah. that's what we want to do. Um, and it's hard because we have to give up the reins and like when, what happens when doctors kind of think like that they are fixing people and they have the responsibility to fix all these people and fix their patients and make sure that their patients are healthy that can create a lot of distress in the doctor because we have to recognize that like, we are not, I am not able to fix anybody. I cannot heal anybody. The people, they can, the patients, they can heal themselves based on, you know, my tools and my guidance and God, (laughs) but I cannot have that responsibility on my shoulders because if it's on your shoulders, then that's kind of exactly what's going to happen is like, you're going to get mad when things don't work out for them. Um, and you're not like giving that kind of, you know, patient their own responsibility. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And and it's also realizing just that you don't have control over anything, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we we literally have, I mean, we only have our emotions that we can kind of control kind of sometimes, right? I, I do, I do think though that, that there is still somewhat of that control of, you know, uh, uh, I mean, cause you listen to like the, the, the Tony Robbins type stuff and all that, yeah. which I also, I'm not so much Tony Robbins. I mean, I, I've never really honestly listened to him, but a lot of people that are in that same frame of mind of that whole, you know, thoughts become things and you can manifest yeah. stuff to a certain degree. I, I believe in that, you know, do I yeah, think, you, can, absolutely. you know, manifest, a, um, uh, uh, you know, an elephant in your living room or whatever to, you know, to what was it? Uh, I think there was a movie called the secret that had that as an example. It's like, no, but, yeah. but the fact of the matter is, is that I think, and that, that all goes, that all ties in with the anxiety that all ties in with, yeah. you know, with things of that nature. And so, but I, you know, I, I do think that people do have, of course, control with the guidance. You tell mm-hmm. somebody they need to stop eating a certain way and they keep doing it. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, you know, exactly. And they have that ability to to uh, uh, to to basically put it the control in. And, and um, you know, mm-hmm. there's there are things that that they are able to do through their own responsibility. So absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And and like you said, it's gotta be, it's the patient. It, I think a lot of times people have a, have a tendency to think that, 
well, I can do whatever I need to do and I'll go in and the, you know, the doctor will fix me up like an oil change kind of thing to use a whole yeah. car analogy again. I'm from Michigan, so it's going to happen. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's always car analogies at work. I do it all the time and I'm like, sorry oh, yes. for the car analogy, but hey, but, uh, and I'm not even really a car guy, but it just, to me, it just works because a car is a machine. A person's a machine, yes. you know? Um, Absolutely. And so it, it resonates in terms of that for me. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's you know, I can't drive a car at, at, in, in fifth gear all the time and fill it with, you know, crappy gas that's been sitting in a tank for, you know, six months with water condensation and all that, throw it in there and then not do the oil change and then take it to the mechanic and be like, fix it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's what people are doing. And I'm sure you have patients that... The ones that, if I had to guess, the ones that are probably the most frustrating are the patients who are who are doing what you're saying, who are taking your advice, and it still isn't working. Yeah, and usually if they're taking my advice and, like, really working hard, things change. Um, I don't usually – I mean, this is not cocky. This is just, like, matter of fact. I Usually <laughs> if people are really, like, really focusing on their health and, like, putting the effort in, mm -hmm. usually things start shifting for the better. I mean, of course. the only thing that bothers me is when it's not happening as fast as I would like it to. Yeah. So that's the big thing. But, no, I think that, you know, when people really do put the effort in um, – that things do change. I think that what is hard is when you kind of said, you know, when people are coming in just for the oil change, I have had people come in and they're like, well, just give me a pill for my foot pain. <laughs> and I'm just like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know, we're not getting to the root cause. And so I think that, you know, I have conversations with people and I'm like, I don't really know, you know, maybe I should refer you to somebody else that kind of will help you in the way that you would like to be helped. Right. Because yeah. we kind of want to make sure that they are, you know, understanding what I do. But no, I think that, you know, the, the oil change analogy is so true. Um, and that, you know, and giving that personal responsibility, that health responsibility is so, so important because I feel like people don't realize that there's one person that cares about your health like you do. And that's you, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So unless I think it's your that, grandpa. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then he does, nobody cares. And he's just, <laughs> doing his own thing. <laughs> hey, good for him. You know, I, I love, I do love hearing about, cause my dad, he, the worst he did was he, he smoked cigarettes when he was younger and, yeah. uh, uh, and he smoked a pipe when I, by uh -huh. the time I was, I was around, but he died at 50 and it's like, oh, wow. he really didn't have, you know, and of course when I was 11 years old, I was like, that's not that young. And now that I'm pushing 50, I'm yeah. like, no, that was kind of young. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's super young. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And, uh, but it's like, you know, and, and, and my mom, on the other hand, she's got great genes. You know, she's she's got dementia yep. now, but she's like 82. There have been so many times where we're like, oh, yep, this is the time. And then she somehow manages yeah. to pull through, you know. And, and uh, there was one time where she was literally – sometimes it's either her body doing it or sometimes the doctor just manages to find, it, you know, the cure in the last minute. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> you'll find this funny. There was a – a time where I was actually in the hospital signing the, you know, the, 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 the do not resuscitate forms for her, et cetera, et cetera, all those kinds of things. And, and, uh, um, you know, she was still awake. I don't know why they had me signing that, but it was, I, it was either that, or it was just some, some kind of waiver type thing I was signing yep. and they were taking her mm -hmm. in for surgery. She was going to have like triple bypass and, oh, uh, wow. and they ended up, uh, and that's my dad. He had, he had 
a dozen heart attacks and bypass mm-hmm. surgery and brain surgery. He was just a mess, you know? So, um, yeah. but, uh, so I get excited. I'm going back. I get excited when somebody can, can be like your grandpa who can just be like, screw it, you know, and, and do well because my dad kind of got cheated on that end. But, uh, oh, um, yeah. but my mom, she went, she was literally getting all prepped for surgery. And all of a sudden this one doctor looked at the x-rays again and was like, let me look at that closer. And it turned out the reason why all the, the, the arteries or whatever coming out of the heart were, um, blocked was because of, is there like one main artery behind the heart or something? It was basically the one thing was blocked and they were able to go in and just put in one single stent. Oh, wow. Instead of doing it, have to do the whole triple bypass. <laughs> yeah, it was like, wow. totally. And, and, but that's the kind of stuff, you know, she'll have this going on. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, yep, here it is. She's going, she's been doing it for yeah. like the last 15 years, you know, and she's 82 oh now. Gosh. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So it's like, I, on one hand, I go, well, maybe I got good genes from her. <laughs> you know? Yes. So hopefully I got more that's of her genes. Cr- <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. And I mean, another funny story was like, I think it was like two or three years ago, my grandpa flipped the four ru- or four, four wheeler on top of himself. Right. And so it's just like, and then he went to the hospital and then like, he was, he was just like wanting a beer in the hospital. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And like had to stay there for like a week. It was the only thing he was mad about was he couldn't have beer in the hospital <laughs> and he goes home and he's fine. Wow. And like, it just doesn't end. And it's and he's <laughs> seventy something when this happens, even. Oh yeah, he was like seventy five. Seventy five and a four wheeler falls. <laughs> Whereabouts from the Midwest are you guys from? Um, so we're in Indiana. We're okay. um, down kind of in the tri-state area where okay. it's Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana all touch. Gotcha, yeah, so gotcha. So a little more bunch south. of farmland and <laughs> beautiful hills. I love that area. That's and you cool. were – it called me on a Michigan number. So is that where you're from? Yeah, up in uh, – well, originally I'm, I'm – I've been Midwest, but originally I was from the Chicago area. And then oh, okay. when I was about – yeah, uh, when I was about – 13 or so they we moved from a suburb from the chicago area to uh saginaw michigan which um okay it was actually a, a small town a small suburb of saginaw called zilwaukee to be precise and i thought i moved to mayberry <laughs> i was like what is this you know it, it just it, it was there was like two thousand people you know and uh but i you know i i ended i ended up eventually getting to the point where i i preferred that and um yeah. You know, I like the smaller town. Denver's not too bad. Um, where we're at, the it's it's not so much the amount of people, it's the population density that gets to me. Yes. You know, because yes. you can live in a town mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people, but it's, if there's, you know, not that many people like, yeah, God, I, I'm fascinated with numbers. That's one thing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a statistician or anything like that, but I love numbers and dates and things. And so out of curiosity, I'll check different cities for their population density. And it's like, uh, uh, Bay City and Denver are pretty comparable. Uh, we, Bay City, sorry, was a city we moved to just north of Saginaw. When after we got mm-hmm. married, we bought a house there. But uh, you know, comparable, believe it or not. It's just it's a smaller hmm. town, so you have less people. Um, yeah. But when you take a city like L.A. or more more specifically New York, New York is something like yeah. twenty five thousand per square mile or something crazy, as opposed to three thousand. Oh yeah. You know, and so I could I wouldn't survive somewhere like that. No. No, yeah. Denver's about my speed at the most. You know, I can I can oh, live yeah. with that. That's that's not so bad. But uh, and it's a great city. I love Denver. It is. It is. Colorado cool is just great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's uh, um, there's a lot of neat stuff here. And what's really cool is my wife is a big fan of this uh, band called Fish. 
and uh-huh. they end off their concert, <clears throat> excuse me, their tour every year at a uh, uh, venue here. It's uh, Dick's Sporting Arena or whatever, and they do it every year. They end right there. So, like, in our backyard, as opposed to having to drive eight hours to go see them, you know, so yeah. she, uh, she's able to do it. So there's a lot of cool benefits of living out here. But, yeah, it is a neat town. It's very that um, is cool. open-minded, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so so back real quick because, uh, you know, we got to talk more about death. Um, yep. what, <laughs> I do have a question for you. How then do you approach, you know, at ha, being somebody who has, um, uh, you know, a, a Christian faith and, and, and believes mm-hmm. in an afterlife, how do you then handle the people that don't have that? How do you tell them, you know, cause in their mind, it's the end. How do you handle that? Yeah. Um, well, I've had a lot of different patients, you know, ask me, um, you know, once they kind of get to that point, mm-hmm. um, cause I do say, you know, like we, we know that we have like, you know, there's a soul, there's a spirit, there's something else going on underneath this mm-hmm. physical body. Right. We know that. And so kind of, you know, usually before we talk about, you know, death, um, I can kind of tell them, you know, like, well, what do you think? What, have you had any spiritual experiences? You know, have you had any weird coincidences where you just feel like someone's got your back? Like, I just kind of, you know, bring up the, like, asking them what have they ever experienced, right? What have they, because I think that, you know, we all, whether we recognize that it's a spiritual experience or not, um, there's some things that are like little coincidences that shouldn't happen, but they do. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, people recognizing like, okay, well, we're not living in just a completely random world. There is some, you know, something else out there. And I think that that's the first step is like when people recognize like, well, there might be something else out there. And then I tell them, you know, usually what I say is like, well, why don't you just sit quietly, kind of do a little bit of a meditation and just kind of like open yourself up to, you know, what like God, um, creator, universe, um, and be in, you know, a safe place, obviously, Mm -hmm. because we don't want any like bad things, you know, um, because sometimes it's hard when people are, you know, in the physical body all the time to flip over to like more of like a spiritual kind of mindset. So you never want to do it when it's kind of, you know, dangerous for him obviously but kind of just like opening well like just pray and see kind of what comes and you know kind of letting people you know explore on their own explore religions explore spirituality explore meditation explore you know just looking in life and seeing kind of coincidences and like flowers growing and whatever kind of you know triggers them I think that once people kind of recognize that there is something out there, then they can kind of like recognize, okay, well, if there's something else out there and my life isn't meaningless, um, like most, you know, unfortunately, most people are kind of thinking that we're, you know, on the spinning ball going through the universe. And I mean, yes, we're on the spinning ball going through the universe, but some people think that just because of that, like our life is meaningless. And I do not believe that. Right. Um, so I think that once people kind of like just are able to be open to there might be something more out there, then they can kind of explore on their own terms and their own path. What else might be out there? Like what is out there, whether it is like creator universe, whatever, God, Jesus, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then after they kind of are realizing, well, there might be something else out there, kind of like, you know, how you were saying, um, then, okay, well, maybe there's something that, you know, is after this life. And I think another really, really good um, person that I like to listen to is Dr. Zach Bush. And he is an MD 
and he lives in Hawaii. And he is probably one of the most brilliant speakers I have ever heard in my entire life. He is just absolutely brilliant. I, I listened to a talk he had um, a couple weeks ago about COVID. And he's just like, he's one of those people that like whatever he'll study, he'll be amazing at it because he's just unbelievably brilliant but anyway what, he's what more on i'm gonna make a note of that yeah zach bush um i think it's z-a-c-h-b-u-s-h i think it is okay. it might be k anyway but he's an md and he's located in hawaii anyway so he actually um worked first um like birthing children and like working i don't know if it was like doctors across borders or something like that but anyway he like worked and like brought children into this world right mm -hmm. so he got to see this first aspect of the first birth right and then he did some other things and then he eventually um led into one of those he's kind of, he seems like one of those kind of people that like you know he'll get bored of things and then just like want to know more and more and more <laughs> So then he started working with like um, chronically ill patients like hospice care. And so he kind of calls the death, he calls it the second birth instead of death. He calls it the second Interesting. birth. Like, yes, because he has saw that with each of his hospice patients, um, like, you know, they kind of is the same, you know, story about like feeling that sense of peace going in mm -hmm. and like going and he like, you know, helps them kind of transition. But um, from what I have like heard in his lectures, he's not a Christian per se. He's mm -hmm. more just like spiritual. And he knows that there's something else, you know, in the afterlife. And he does, I mean, he is just unbelievably just articulate at the way that he speaks about like this second birth and just gives a lot of case examples um, and just a very, very different way of just the second birth because I mean, it's the same kind of the way that he explains it. It's the same kind of thing. You know, we're living in this world and we're comfortable. Um, like when we're in our mother's tummy. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's this like, you know, this like jostling and this pain and you're being pushed through like a little hole and then there's a bright light and then you are going into obviously the first birth. Right. And then when you are dying, you're comfortable and in life and in the earth world and we're, you know, happy. And then, you know, then we start getting sick, obviously, or, you know, it might be quicker than that. But anyway, you have like obviously the pain and the, um, you know, pressure and then going and seeing the light again. Right. And then going into the second birth. So I just thought that that, or yeah. yeah, the second birth. Yeah. Um, so that was just really interesting the way he kind of, um, explained it and I might be saying a little bit off. So, no, we'll obviously have to but I, I get the gist him. of it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That and is so actually I thought, pretty fascinating. I'm going to have to check out his, uh, I'm assuming he's on YouTube or something. Yeah, so actually the one that I listened to recently that he was explaining it really good um, was he was on um, The High Wire with Del Bigtree. Um, and you can like Google this on Facebook, but it's Del Bigtree and um, Zach Bush. And he explains a lot too about just like um, the airborne viral particles because he's talking about COVID. Mm -hmm. And then he goes into talking about, you know, his work and like the second birth and all that jazz so it's really interesting and i had never heard it kind of talked about and articulated in that way and i thought it made a lot of sense um the way that he kind of explained it yeah yeah I'm, that's i'm curious about that because i mean it, it's it, some people and, and i myself you know look at death as possibly a a transitional type of period into yeah, whatever exactly. comes next whether 
we come back mm-hmm. or whether we go to become some bigger force of, you know, version of ourselves, our higher selves, whatever you want to refer to it as. Um, but that's, to me, the unknown of what happens is almost, and yeah. this is going to sound weird, it's almost kind of comforting because it gives really? you that. Yeah, because it, it gives you that, 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 you know, you get to question the, all the possibilities, but I know yeah. something happens. So it's like, okay, it's it's almost like, imagine going into a movie where you only know the title. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no idea, is this an action movie? Is this a drama? Is it a romance? Is ah. it, you know? And so it's almost kind of like, you know, and, and and don't get me wrong. I'm not the kind of person who would want to do that. You know, I, I, I kind of want to, I want to at least see a trailer. Um, yeah. But, uh, but it's like, it's almost kind of like, uh, uh, not, and again, not that I'm excited for death. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta do that call yeah. back again. But uh, uh, <laughs> no, but but it's it's there's almost kind of like that. Um, how can I put it into words? Where it's, a, I don't want to say it's a treat coming, you know, or 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 some you know, uh, 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 like a surprise party or something like that. But it's you know there is almost a little bit of comfort in the sense that I know what it is. I know it's going to be different. I know it's going to be an experience, um, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's just one of those things where I'll get the answers. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll get the answers when I'm when I when it happens. And so, but it's kind of like um, <laughs> it's kind of I, I think of you know when I think about that whole thing. Do you ever see the movie um, Gladiator? Um, yeah, is that the one with uh, what's his face? Uh, um, Russell yes. Crowe. And there's that thing yes. where he's got the little, you know, he says he's he'll he'll meet his wife again, but not quite yet. And then at the very end, his one buddy buries that little statue and says, "We'll meet again, but not yet." That's kind of how I look at death. Is it's like mm-hmm. I know it's coming, and I know it's going to be something pretty cool. At least I have uh-huh. faith that it's going to be pretty cool. You know? Yeah. But not yet. <laughs> you know, I can wait no. a while. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think you know we got to realize, or at least I realize, or I believe, um, because it's not a universal truth. I guess is yeah, that true. we're spiritual beings having a human experience, right? Mm-hmm. And like that is like we get to be human. This is a really cool That's... world that we get to live in. It's cool as heck. Totally. You totally. know, like I... we, and we live in like a country that we can go travel around and see beautiful places. You know, we were um, camping down by the border this weekend and it looks like a whole different place. And like, we get to explore this amazing world. How amazing is that? Totally. An experience. <sighs> well, and I had somebody describe it as the, uh, you know, from, from more, of a universe standpoint of we are the universe experiencing itself. Yeah. And I was yeah, right? I had the same kind of reaction. I was like, wow, yeah, totally. So, you know, and that's what's so exciting about this podcast is I get so many different takes on it. I have heard Mm -hmm. so many different, you know, uh, 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 concepts of what happens. And that's that's what's exciting is I get to go, yeah, wow. You know, uh, it's just, it's, you know, I, again, I, I'm not I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know, let's, let's find out tonight. But uh, yeah, but, you know, it's it's when it happens, I'm not going to and don't get me wrong. I'm there's going to be some fear there, too, because there is still yeah. that unknown, you know, exactly. the, the what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, but there is that I have I don't have the fear of the sense of nothing is going to happen. I have the fear of the sense yeah. of how is it going to happen? Yeah. It, you know? Oh, that's yeah. 
and that's, that's good. Yeah. it's. And it's, I think that you made it, or I think you made a good point too about, you know, like you get to experience all of these different people's, you know, takes on death. And I think that, you know, for me personally, I was, you know, kind of unsure about the whole Christianity thing. And so I actually spent a couple of years researching and kind of, you know, trying on different shoes of religions and spirituality and new age stuff and everything. And I think that, you know, once you kind of get a more, like you can't just stay in a box. You have to get out of the box, see everything, test everything. I'm talking like a scientist here and then formulate your own beliefs. And it's really cool because you get to do that because you get to kind of, you know, like listen to all of these different um, people and then be able to, you know, kind of have your own beliefs and faith and, that's really, really beautiful that you get to do that. And I, and get I to am fortunate show to show other have people this. that. Yes. And, yeah. and, you know, and it's nice to have, you know, when people, people, I do get, you know, contact every once in a while and somebody says, you know, this really helped me out um, and, yeah. and kind of helped me cope with uh, the situation. And, and right now during COVID, you know, with all the fear of dying and that, I hope it yeah. does help some people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people, I think that I'm so, you were, I'm so happy that you were bringing this out because people need to have this conversation because, you know, people kind of shun away from death yeah. um, and the top topic of that. But I think that it is so important well, because it's, um, everybody's going to be having it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's exactly. going to experience it. You totally. Know, it's, that's it's not like, you know, not like sports, you get to run away from. Not like, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why the, the, the subject is something where one day, you know, I was talking with uh, Chris, who's, uh, you know, podcasting mm-hmm. around and we were talking and uh and i it was funny how it kind of happened i was like you know i've been doing some thinking about it subject uh about uh about the subject of death and uh mm-hmm. and i said you know because it's something that happens to everybody and it's something that we yeah. can't avoid it's it's going to happen it's not like it's not like business it's not like sports it's no. not like movies it's not you know because some people aren't into movies some people aren't doing business some people you know there's different topics but this is something everybody can relate to they almost have to and uh yeah and i was like i would love to just get people on and just laugh about death and he's like there's your title <laughs> you know? yes. like, yeah <laughs> let's laugh about death you know <laughs> it's so great and like you know people l- listen to that and they're like wait what and then it's like a great like people bring it or people look at that and they like get their intrigue piked from that title <laughs> so it's just wonderful it's perfect well thank you thank you i just i i do have the fear that you know people think it's more of a a sick morbid thing at times you know where it's like oh we're laughing at this one's demise or something it's like no you get it anybody yeah. who's been on they get it they get where i'm coming yeah from, you know and Absolutely. i haven't had any, i haven't had any issues with that so but no. uh you know that's the kind of stuff that uh um that you know i'm hoping the the like the the logo and the things like that that people can see okay mm-hmm. yeah that's where i'm coming from but um oh absolutely it's perfect very cool so well i uh I really enjoyed the conversation. I, uh, you know, getting your perspective, um, your dog loved it too. Um, <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting, getting kind of angry now. Gotcha. Oh, they got to go out. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, anyway, yeah, I really enjoyed, you know, having you on. I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed learning more about naturopathic, uh, uh, uh medicine. Um, and you know, I, you got me thinking I might have to try and at least, check into that but um yeah uh yeah it's uh it's been very fun so uh you know the the, the episode isn't going to come out for a few months we got a whole bunch of uh, uh episodes in front of you so right now we'll let people know we're doing this right before the fourth of july weekend so uh have yourself mm-hmm. a good holiday and um 
uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, is, is there any last, last things you'd like to say before we wrap up? Um, I, I don't think so. I guess that, you know, if people are wanting to know more about naturopathic medicine, I'll do a little tidbit about what I guess I, um, little plug in here, but if people are wanting to, do, um, know about naturopathic medicine or wanting to look at, you know, a different option about like healing, um, I am offering now with all the COVID stuff and possible second wave is I'm doing, um, mostly well, all virtual consultations starting next week. So if people are interested, um, they can, you know, go to my website and um, sign up for a free meet and greet or an appointment. But do that. That is so. No, I was going to actually ask you when we were done. But you know what? What I'll do is uh, if you want to say the website, but uh, if you hold on after we're done, I want to uh, to get those links and everything for me because I'll put all those in the show notes so that you can. uh, you know, anybody who wants to learn more, any pieces of information, um, and, uh, you know, and even if you have a link to that video, I'll throw that in the show notes. I'll try and find it myself, but if you know where it's at, we'll put it in there so people can kind of watch yeah. it. I love Perfect. including what we talked about in the show in mm-hmm. the show notes. So that would be great. Love but, it. So what, what is your website? If you want to go ahead and plug away. Yeah. So, and then I'll email you as well. And then Perfect. I'll find the video for you and just email it to you. Cause I know exactly where it's at. Cause it'll probably be a little bit easier for you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, but it's, um, drmariahmosley.com. So D R M A R I A H M O S L E Y.com. So Perfect. pretty simple. Yeah, that, that works. So you have yourself a good uh, weekend and, um, you too. Uh, I will, uh, well, you know, uh, maybe I'll be talking to you soon here with a consultation yeah. just to see how that works. So, <laughs> yeah, have a happy Independence Day. You guys enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. And as you can see, we recorded that back in July. So, you know, things have kind of backed up in the queue, but uh, that's how podcasting goes sometimes. Anyway, I've got a link to her uh, website in the description. It's drmariahmosley.com. That's dr. M-A-R-I-H-M-O-S-L-E-Y.com. You can go there to find some more information. And that gets me to thinking that there are more than one approach to everything that we have in our lives. You know, you don't have to do it one way. You can you can experiment with different ways of doing things. And on that note, have yourselves a good day and have yourselves a good life.